All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is all you need. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju. All you need is a little juju, a little juju, a little juju. A little juju is the way. It's how I start my day. Can't firm no say. And I'll never give play. I'll take your photo to the grave. But that ain't even my thing. I just stay at the crossroads, pray. I just pour a little honey from my face to make a stay. Cause I hate when bay leaves, but I manifest a little with my bay leaves. I'm my ancestors, baby. So I give them everything that they gave me, yeah. So I can't be stopped. Manifested everything gives me props. I'm spiritually rounded while I'm on the top. Welcome, 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 beloved, to a little juju podcast. This is the podcast all about black ass spirituality, honoring our ancestors and ourselves, decolonizing our spiritual practices, and finding liberation in the spirit. I am your host, Juju Bay, and I come to this podcast as a psychic medium, as a hoodoo girl, a Reiki girl, an Orisha girl. And an all-around bad bitch witch. If you'd like to keep up with the conversation today, you can always hashtag pound sign ALJPod. That's A-L-J-P-O-D. Hashtag Juju Bay or hashtag a little Juju podcast spelled out just like that to see who else is listening. You might be able to create some community like that by looking through the hashtags. Um, I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy to be recording. It's a little early for me, like earlier than when I normally record. So it's kind of given we're waking up together. I love that. This is very, you know, we get real intimate on this show. We, we, we're, we're, we're close. So, you know, I'm just getting up. I did brush my teeth though. I washed my face. So there's no morning breath, but we're up. We're early and we're recording. Um, I'm still trying to acclimate being back into the States because if you follow my social media, you saw that I was in Jamaica, 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 no problem, man. So I had a really good time in Montego Bay with my friends, um, spent five days out there, and uh, I, I kind of crashed my homegirl's homegirl's uh, bridal party, like bridal shower was in Jamaica. And uh, my homegirl who's in the bridal party invited me and some of our other friends. So we kind of crashed the bridal. But it was so great. Everyone was so cool. Like I had a great, great, great time. Um, I, I was excited to, you know, spend Juneteenth in Jamaica, even though, of course, you know, Juneteenth. Uh, it, it, <clears throat> pause. Um, I'm sure I, if you don't know what Juneteenth is, Juneteenth is the day on June 19th in 1865, the enslaved folks in Galveston, Texas, learned of their freedom a couple years after the Emancipation Proclamation was signed. So it is um, a day that black folks and particularly black Americans celebrate. You know, this is kind of our freedom day. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot of really cool things going on this year uh, for 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 Juneteenth. I feel like every year there's just like more energy around it. Um, so I was sad to miss out on like a lot of cool programs and stuff that was happening in Baltimore. 
But I was also really happy to be in Jamaica and just be free in a different way and to be in another space, another uh, country and, you know, celebrate the diaspora, celebrate, you know, blackness in all its forms and all the places. So I had a great Juneteenth. I, um, I climbed Dunn's River Falls, which is, hold on, let me not lie, because my homegirl said it was like 900 feet that we climbed. But let me see. The 180 foot high, 600 foot long. So yeah, it takes like an hour, 45 minutes to get up. So yeah, I climbed that. It was really intense. I got my workout in and I almost turned around when I was, I was like, I don't want to climb no more. And the guy was like, no, no, no. You, 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 you. He, he told my ass, no, you're, you're not turning around. So um, I was bullied into to going the whole way, but I'm so glad that I did. Um, and it was a nice thing to do on Juneteenth to, I don't know, it just felt really good. It's just to be by the water and Duns River is so beautiful for those who um, don't know. It's just such a beautiful waterfall in uh, Ocho Rios, Jamaica, I think. Um, there's also like, it has a really important significance. Like in general, I'm pretty sure like Queen Nani and the Maroons fought a battle by Duns River. Um, but yeah, anyway, so I did that. On my Juneteenth, that was my Freedom Day experience, climbing a waterfall and also swimming. I went uh, snorkeling, so I was looking at the coral reef, so that was nice. Um, speaking of Juneteenth, how do we? How are we feeling about it now being a national holiday? Do we stand? Um, I feel, uh, I mean... You know, America to me is like the place of band-aids. So if there ever is an issue that is addressed by the United States government, it's going to be a band-aid. It's not going to be actually trying to like change some shit, some structural changes to change the lives of black people who have been impacted by, you know, enslavement and anti-blackness. It's just going to be little things like holidays. So, I mean... (laughs) You know, I don't believe in things being all good and all bad for a lot of things. Some things I do, but uh, most things I don't believe that it's just all good or or all bad. So I think the same with this. Like, okay, Juneteenth is a federal holiday. That's what's up. You know, it creates more conversation. It creates a day off. Hey, okay. For the girls who get federal holidays off. Um, Possibly more you know, programming events around it. It's on more people's radar. It's a topic of conversation. I never think that that's bad, but it's not really. I mean, can we get some, can we get reparations? Can we, can we something? Why, why do all black people not have free therapy? Like I'm confused. (laughs) So it's remind. I was listening to tea with queen and Jay podcast and, um, they were like, Juneteenth is a federal holiday. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> you know how to sound be like, burr, 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 burr. they was like, burr, 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 burr. and that's exactly, that's the, the sound around Juneteenth being a federal holiday. Burr, 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 burr. 
So yeah, Juneteenth is a federal holiday. You know, it is what it is. I just, whatever. I'm glad people got off. That's what's up. It just makes me think of questions like, okay, so like, are there going to be Juneteenth parties? Like, Do white people, are they going to celebrate? Are we going to be out buying like Freedom Day french fries and margaritas? Like, how is this? Yeah. So, anywho, I'm rambling. I totally enjoyed my trip. I'm probably going to talk about it a little bit more as we get more into the show. Um, but yeah, that that is how I spent my last few days. So, I'm just acclimating coming back to Baltimore and not uh, hearing the sounds of the ocean, but police cars. Yeah. And, and cats, cats fucking. So, you know, it is what it is. That's, 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 that's just what we do. Um, let's get into donations for Patreon. And then I'm really excited to talk about all the things we got to talk about today because it's really giving Caribbean vibes. Like I'm just coming back from the Caribbean. Obviously, um, one of the segments I have, we were talking about Trinidad. So all my, all my, all my Caribbeans, all my Jamaicans, all my, my, my Trini gals, wind up your waist. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. All you need is a little juju. Okay, so big, big shout out to my patrons. Shout out to Sherelle Robertson for becoming a patron. Thank you so much. Shout out to Jasmine Henderson. I appreciate you, Jasmine. Shout out to Christina Willis for upping your pledge. Big shout out to Gloria Beecham for editing your pledge and still sticking around and being a patron. Shout out to Pauls and Pothos for upping your pledge. Shout out to Dix Vaughn for becoming a patron. Thank you so much. Shout out to Lee. Pena for becoming a patron. Shout out to Tony M for editing your pledge and being a patron. Shout out to Seven Bodhi. Shout out to Ashley B. Big shout out to Adriana Pfeiffer for upping your pledge. Thank you so much. Shout out to Melissa Therrington for upping your pledge. Sydney Johnson, thank you for becoming a patron. Shout out to Cece Nirvana for upping your pledge to a sweet 2222. Thank you so much. Shout out to Jasmine Gore for upping your pledge. Amber Heard, thank you for becoming a patron. Tamia Reina, or Rena, thank you so much. Shout out to everybody else. That's it. <laughs> I appreciate you all so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for supporting the work, for supporting me, for supporting the podcast uh, in this particular way. And so I am sharing the energy of abundance and wealth with you as you are sharing it with me. May you be able to pay for, have have the monetary gains and resources that you need to move forward and achieve whatever dream that it is for you. May you have the, the resources and finances to do that. So I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Sharing the energy of abundance times a thousand times a hundred. So I appreciate all of my patrons and everyone who hits me up on all the other ways. Uh, I see you and I love you and I thank you. All you need is a little juju. Okay, so let's get into um, our segment, Juju for the Culture, where I, Juju, <laughs> look at things that's going on in pop culture going on in the world and just provide my little juju take. The juju take, the juju tea of what, what's going on. So I want to talk about Michael B. Jordan. And I want to talk about the whole... Um, situation about 
the rum. So for those who don't know, Michael B. Jordan, who is an actor, a very famous black actor. Listen, I've been having to explain things because I have listeners. I've learned I have listeners all over the world. So I'm, I'm trying not to assume all the time everyone knows what I'm talking about. Or it's like hip to everything that's going on in America. You know, we got to give diaspora. We got to give his people everywhere. Okay, I'm trying to do better explaining. So Michael Jordan is a famous actor. He got probably got most famous, most, most, most famous from Black Panther. But he was famous before that. Um, And long story short, he, I don't even think he posted about it yet. But people found out that he is coming out with a rum. And the rum is called juve it was called juve rum and for people who do not know juve is a celebration that was first seen in trinidad and tobago i think that's the oldest kind of records we have of people participating in juve and i believe it means like daybreak Um, it's like because it's like happens in the early morning before carnival so before you know pretty mass before when a lot of times when people think of carnival, they think of like the cute outfits and the the headdresses and you're looking good, you're looking sexy, you're smelling good, get your lipstick on. Yes, but the night, the day before that, in the early morning, um, before pretty pretty mass, is juve, and juve is a a celebration. It is an honoring, really of. Ancestors, uh, a lot of people, there's a lot of throwing of paints and sometimes mud and oil and and different colored powders. It's just, it's a, it's met because Juve is messy, but you're kind of like you, you go to Juve and you wear your clothes that you don't mind getting messed up because you're going to have, you know, colors on you, you might have mud and, and oil and things on you. And some people slather their bodies with like oils or even back in the day, it was molasses to um, honor the, our ancestors uh, who were working in the sugarcane fields. And I believe there was a fire that happened in the sugarcane fields and the slave masters were trying to, told our ancestors to go in the fire and to salvage the the sugarcane um, that they needed so obviously their skin is black it's charred they're like in the middle of fire trying to do what the fucking slave master said right and so after that event happened the slave masters started to mimic um the their slaves they started to mimic them they would jump around and hoop and holler and like oh hi look at me i have to pick you know be just being terrible just being terrible and so the enslaved people after that started making fun of the slave masters make fun of them so when the slave masters were off getting drunk or doing whatever, our Trini ancestors were having their own celebration before the Lenten season. And part of it was just like being, you know, goofy and, and even just, I, yeah, just like, yeah, making fun of the slave masters, making fun of them. And so it just became a whole thing to commemorate that experience. And eventually that kind of turned into Juve. Now, I believe that, I spoke about this probably more in depth on my Trini episodes when I was in Trinidad. Um, So I'm going to link to the show notes because I don't want to get too deep into that. But I did just want to kind of set a groundwork to what Juve meant. It's it's a very, it's fun. You know, there's a lot of drinking and it's partying and it's music. But it also has a very, very strong 
um, spiritual ancestral component to it. Um, because there's, there's still pens, there's, there's singing, there's, there's, there's fire, there's the people slathering their bodies and looking like quote unquote ghosts or, or spirits or jabs as they would say, um, at least in Trinidad. So that's Juve. So big meaning, right? It, this means things. So back to Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan is coming out with this rum uh, called Juve Rum. And obviously, when you come out with things, a lot of people, you know, who are in, engaged in, uh, you know, black consumerism, you trademark things so that people don't steal the name. So Michael B. Jordan, it's people probably not him, trademarked Juve Rum. And on the trademark explanation, it said that, um, like in a description, it was saying that this word has no other meaning or something like that. There's no other, I can't remember the exact language, but it was some line about no other meaning or something. It does like, it doesn't mean anything. Juve is rum, but it was trademarked under spirits, right? So it's not trademarked that no one can use Juve. It's trademarked as no one can use Juve who is trying to come out with a liquor. Okay. Cause Michael B. Jordan got that. So allegedly Michael B. Jordan's, um, partner, business partner in this is also a, is a Trini man. He's is from Trinidad, but I, 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 that's what I've heard. We don't know who this Trinidadian man is. So Michael B. Jordan is most, you know, he's the face of it. So because of all of this, and seeing the trademark, a lot of people, particularly Caribbean people, particularly Trinidadian people, but also I saw a lot of conversation just coming from people from the Caribbean as a whole, um, were very, very upset about this. Also, let me say that Juve is not just a Trinidadian uh, experience or event or ritual or party or whatever. It's Juve is in a lot of different places, St. Lucia, Grenada, Antigua. Martinique, um, it's it's all all throughout the Caribbean. There's Juve experiences and like yeah, they do Juve. So, child, people was upset. Now, a lot of the conversation that I saw about people being upset was the trademark because it's like, how are you gonna trademark something that we say and use and do? And then on top of that, I think people were upset about the description of the trademark saying that there, this has no significance This or like there's no meaning. There's no cultural significance to the word Juve, which is just not true. Now, I will say I don't know much about trademarking and, you know, I'm not a lawyer. So I wonder sometimes when it says this has no other meaning in trademark language. I don't know if that necessarily means people don't use this word or it doesn't have a meaning. I think it could just, it might just mean like it has no significance in the realm of liquor. Like there's no meaning to this. There's no prior, there's nothing, you know, but I don't know, but I still understand how seeing that and being someone who participates in Juve and Juve having such a strong and powerful meaning to people that being a slap in the face um, for me, what it brought up, you know, is just like this, this diaspora conversation, because a lot of people, you know, I'm not going to give it too much energy, but just there was the, see, black Americans always think 
just because you black doesn't mean that you get to, you know, name the rum juve. Like you're not a Trini person. You're not Caribbean. You're not anything. So how dare you think that you can even trademark this name? How dare you think that? Um, well, let me pause there. I think that I, I get that. I get that. I, I, I kind of get that because sometimes I'm thinking now, how would black Americans feel if a Caribbean part, let's say someone from, from, from Martinique trademarked, uh, Juneteenth, <laughs> Juneteenth, <laughs> June, <laughs> Juneteenth margarita mix. And it's a, 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 a famous person from Martinique trademarks Juneteenth margarita mix. <laughs> it says it has no other name, no no significance to Juneteenth. That's just the name of the margarita mix. It would, it, we, I think Black American people may feel a way, but again, it just it brought up this conversation like who was allowed to do what? Is it disrespectful that he would trademark Juve? I feel like, I don't know, if his partner is a Trinidadian man and he's the face of it, I think it's kind of different. But I also feel like if someone were to do that, are they creating jobs for people in Trinidad? It's, it's not a Trinidadian-based liquor. It's not going to be made there. It's, it's a form of Bacardi. It's from the Bacardi family. It ain't Bacardi like Puerto Rico or something. So I just feel... Like, it's a lot of moving parts. And I also feel like people, it, it kind of was interrupted before anyone really got to speak on Juve or the rum. Like, like I said, I don't think Michael B. Jordan ever talked that, like, it never rolled out. <laughs> like, there was never a rollout. It was probably just came up in a trademark. People saw it or... um or maybe like Lori Harvey was posting something like some behind the scenes stuff about it and it got out. It was leaked. I think it just makes me curious of what the what would have happened, what could have happened because it stopped very early on. But I understand why. Like I'm not I'm I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I think for me it's just like we get back into this diaspora, black Americans versus versus versus, you know, Caribbeans versus, you know, and I think there still is space for us to say like, hey, that's kind of our thing, though. That's kind of something that we've adapted and created. And maybe if he. I don't know. I don't know. But when I think about it, I get it because I'm like, how would, how would black Americans feel? How would we feel about Juneteenth margarita mix? From someone not from who's not a black American person. So things do have cultural cultural significances and I think that we have to find out we have to find a space to honor those of course you know we can all say we are all you know African or descended from Africa if you believe in that I do on this podcast okay like majority of us are coming from Africa okay so we can say that and that's true and there are so many different cultural nuances and experiences that people have that we don't share that we don't share. And so I think it's okay to be like, I don't, I, I, I respect that. I love it. Listen, me, bitch, I love Trinidad. I love, 
I love Caribbean. I love it. I love it. I I have family from Trinidad, but it's because my family has married into, you know, a Trinidadian family. That's why I have family. That's how I go to Trinidad and be with my aunts and stuff, like married into the family. So as far as I know, okay, that's not true. As far as I know, I do have Caribbean ancestry, but I was not raised in that. You know what I mean? I wasn't raised in it. So I think that people definitely have a right to it, feeling a type of way about it. And Michael B. Jordan said that he was going to change the name. I think after Nicki Minaj posted about it, she made a post about the significance of, of Juve and why it's important and why a rum shouldn't be named after it. At least, you know, I don't even know if it's that a rum shouldn't be named after, but a rum from a black American shouldn't be named after it. But um, I think after Nicki posted it, then Michael B. Jordan issued an apology saying that he never meant to offend anyone from the Caribbean. And um, yeah, that was it. So... I'm curious, what do y'all think about that? Like, how do y'all feel? I think it's it's a lot. It's, 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 it's like, okay, his partner was Trinidadian, but I think really what was like a smack in the face was, was that it was, it said that this has no meaning outside of this rum that was trademarked. And I just thought about this too. I feel like what if someone Caribbean wanted to come out with a rum called Juve? Like they can't do it because Michael B. Jordan has a, already has a rum called Juve. That's not even made in Trinidad. Far as we knew. But again, I'm hypothesizing child because again, it stopped real early. We don't know what was going. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. So yeah, how y'all feel about that? Tweet me. Or maybe comment under the post or something. Curious how I feel about that. But yes, I wanted to talk about that. And yeah. Yeah. Michael, Michael, I wonder what the next name is. Is it giving Black Panther? <laughs> I was about to say T'Challa, not T'Challa. Um, Killmonger? Killmonger Spirits? Maybe he's going to do Juneteenth. <laughs> He'd be like, all right, y'all said. Y'all said I can't trademark. But then also it's just like, sir, what? It's just the trademarking world. It's it, it's. But at the end of the day, like, it, it's about business. People's going to be about their business, like about their money, about their bread, about their trademark. About they, I was looking up trademarks. I'm pretty sure Juju is trademarked. I wasn't going to trademark Juju, obviously. Juju Bay, period, that is. Period. Let's be very clear. Juju Bay. But yeah, I think Juju is trademarked. I forgot what it was, um, but I was looking it up. But sometimes I just look up random words and you can see, like, somebody, most likely somebody white has trademarked that and Loki could see, sue us for using words that are already. God, yo, could somebody trademark Juneteenth though for real? Probably. Oh, I'm surprised Juneteenth ain't trademarked. Child. Also, another reason, like, how do we feel about June? Okay, so anyway, yes. I hope y'all enjoyed that segment. Um, let, let me know how you feel about uh, the whole, the whole, the old thing, the old thing. Oh, wait, y'all. Hold on. Juneteenth is trademarked. It's trademarked under clothing. There's a clothing. 
It's a clothing product. T-shirt, shirts, sweatshirts, jerseys, parkas, jackets, shorts, trousers, jeans, and headwear. So, I mean, interest. So Juneteenth is trademarked. Under that category only. So this gets me my brain moving into all the, you know. Capitalism and. We're not going to go down that road, child. That's not what this episode is about. We're keeping it. We're keeping it up. Okay. We're keeping it light. We're keeping it fun. We're keeping it jumping and moving. <laughs> all right. All you need is a little juju. What I'm reading. This is the new segment that I literally just made up in this very moment called What I'm Reading. It it could have a new name. I literally just made it up because I'm looking at the book I'm reading. I'm like, I want to talk about this real quick. And um, so this clearly is the segment where I talk about what I'm reading, what I'm interested in, what's inspiring me. Um, Book juju. So. I am currently reading a book called Freshwater. It is a novel, it's a fiction novel by Akweke Emezi, and um, who is a Nigerian author who is such an amazing writer. This is Akweke's first book, uh, debut book. I'm pretty sure they have more books out now, but I have had Freshwater for some time. And it's been really hard for me to get through it, not because it's not amazing, just because it's like it's it's one of those books that you really just want to put aside time to and really like lose yourself in. And I I don't be making time to lose myself <laughs> in books anymore. But when I was in Jamaica, I had time. It was it was perfect. So I got like hella deep into it, and it is so 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 good. Um, I would love to have a quick it on the podcast at some point. But basically, the book is about a um uh, a girl named Ada and it's about her experience being not fully human and not because she's like half alien or anything but she has spirits that that walk with her that are a part of her and you know sort of the belief of that we're all spirits and then we're born and we come into the physical world and we have a body and flesh and we become human and we kind of forget our lives prior to that we don't walk around as spirits we walk around as human beings um but Ada like her they kind of talk about like the 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 gap wasn't closed or like but whatever like the spirits within her know that they are spirits like she's very much like descended from gods from a particular kind of god and never fully got to ground themselves in a human experience, always sort of battling like this internal, well, really this internal chaos of why am I here? I shouldn't be here. I don't feel right. I don't feel settled in my place as a human, um, but not quite being sure exactly what it is, but really it's, it's the spirits. It's the spirits wanting to go back home, not fully settling the spirit never really settled into Ada's body. So it just talks about what that's like for her, her experience, you know, in the world, trying to live a human-ass life, but you feel like you really shouldn't even be alive in a lot of ways because you shouldn't be there. And it may not even necessarily be coming from, you know, a depression, but just because the spirits are trying to get back home. 
So what I really love about this and I connect to it is because I've had an experience um, like this a lot. Um, and in my tradition, it would be called Egbe. I think in the book, they call it like Oban, Obajani. I can't remember. But basically this concept of like these spirits that are going to wreak havoc on your life because they want to go home. Meaning for them to go home, the human has to die. So creating experiences in the world that are really hard for the human, that make them want to leave or that put them in dangerous uh, predicaments so that they can go home to their spiritual family. So it reminds me a lot of concepts of Egbe in the Yoruba tradition, which is our heavenly friends, our our heavenly homies, our heavenly mates, our spiritual family who often miss us human beings very much and want us to come home and can cause a lot of uh, mess in our lives when we, when the spirits don't honor that promise of coming home when they said, so that is pretty much what Freshwater is about. I have not finished the novel, but it is just so good. It's so inspiring. It really makes me want to start writing again. I used to write a lot of fiction and it like this book is inspiring me. So if you are interested in Egg Bay, again, this book is not about Egg Bay. It is referred to as a different way, but the concepts are very similar. I would recommend you getting Freshwater, even though it is a novel. It is, um, it's it was written by a Nigerian author. And shout out to Akweke Emizi, and shout out to uh, Texas Isaiah, my friend who actually bought me this book, who is uh, friends with Akweke. Um. I, once I get through this book, I feel like we we got to have a quick it on here. And they're like a gender expansive person, too, which I think is important. And it gives us just more breadth and depth in the text. It's just so good. Like, I just I'm so appreciative of how a quick it shows up in the world um, as an author, as a person, as a writer. Um, and so much of the concepts being just so African. It's beautiful. So. Uh, check out Freshwater if you are interested in a story like this. And in a way, if you have a lot of experiences, like it can kind of give you some clarity, at least for me. That's why I really identify with the book. So, yes, that was my little what we reading, what you reading segment. Freshwater. Give Freshwater. I'll have a link to uh, the book in the show notes as well. All you need is a little juju. Oh, and I dare put jab jab on me tombstone. So when I dare put jab jab on me tombstone. Oh, I got the I got the soak in my head now. We talking about child Michael B. Jordan ass. Uh, that song's been in my head since we talked about it. Oh, how are the carnival? How are the carnival girls doing? How are y'all? How are y'all okay? The ones I know, my friends who like go to every single carnival hop, they're not okay. You know, with COVID and everything messing it up. How are y'all? How are how are y'all doing? Are y'all fine? Has anyone checked on you? Are you okay? Is it opening up? I know there's a there's a. I think there's a. I think carnival's back now. I know there's one happening in Miami. And uh, they're probably everywhere now, I guess. I just wonder how it's going to be impacted or how it may look different or may not. You know, I just know people are like itching and ready and burning to to walk up their ways. Okay. Anyway, about Carnival, uh, back to my trip in Jamaica. I just love the diaspora episode today. We're we giving Juneteenth. We're giving Jamaica, we're giving Trinidad, we're giving Caribbean, we're giving African Nigerian with a quick eight. We're, we're just, we're, we're, 
We just have so, we're so rich. Y'all, we so rich. Ugh. We're so rich. Okay. Mm. Wealthy people. Okay, so uh, my trip in Jamaica, amazing. Um, I told y'all on Juneteenth, I climbed Dunn's River Falls and I also snorkeled and saw the coral reef. Um, but I also want to shout out Auntie Wanisia or Wamisia. I'm not quite sure of which one it is. I think it's Wanisia. All you need is a little juju. But she was our tour guide for the bus. So she was, you know, they picked us up from our hotel resort. And to drive out to Ocho Rio, she kind of, she was our host. Yeah. So she gave us a lot of history about Jamaica or just where we were driving in particular, about Ocho Rios, about Dunn's River. And of course, on Juneteenth. Mind you, they don't celebrate Juneteenth or anything in Jamaica. Like, she didn't even know what Juneteenth was when we asked her. I mean, shit, people in the U.S. don't know what Juneteenth is. Um, this just so happened to have been on Juneteenth. It wasn't like a Juneteenth in Jamaica event. Let's go climb Dunn's River. So she starts talking about Queen Nanny of the Maroons. And I want to play a clip that I uh, took of her speaking about uh, Queen Nanny and then I think it's important for for us to talk about who Queen Nanny was and is because when I say the baddest, that's what I mean. But yeah, let's play this clip. Time Nanny, she was uh, a great warrior and she was a warrior who also practiced black magic so they could not win any of the battles. But what she would do, she would use her buttocks to collect the shot. Then she would use her buttocks to fire it back at the soldiers. One shot would kill two soldiers. And she would then leave one soldier to tell the tale. To return with the message to let them know they should not send anymore because they will be going down and only one will be speared at all times. However, the Scottish then get the message after so many fights and they lost. So they came up with the plan of catching one of the maroons and they were successful in doing so. They penalized that one. But he was so confident that they could not win any battle that he gave away the secret. He was not conscious when he told it because he was like showing off. You can do anything you want, I hope, to me because I'm not telling you anything. But all I know, you can't win any of the battles from our leader. Colored all your shots in her bottle and then fired back at you. He gave away the secret. So they then make a copper shot and allow her in the battle to collect the others the last one which was copper by the time she start firing them back it's no poison her and that's how she died she's today our only national heroine we have six heroes one heroine 
Chang Fong Nani is her name. No ordinary Chang Fong Nani. Nani of the Maroon. She, you can find her on our $500 note with a white turban wrapped around her head. So if someone should walk up to you begging you a nanny, they do. Can you give me a nanny, beg you a nanny? You might believe they're asking you for a babysitter. Begging you for one is $500. They tell you, I beg you two nanny, that's two $500, so it's $1,000. But that's Jamaica. All right. $1,000 is like uh, $7. Okay. So, again, big shout out to Auntie Juanicia. If you are in Jamaica or you're taking a trip to Jamaica or you want to climb Stone River, I did it through Amstar. They ain't pay me to say this. <laughs> but we did it through Amstar. And I'm assuming that she worked for Amstar. I actually tried to find her information. I called Amstar. I can't seem to get in, in contact with everyone. But I just really loved her energy. And I just kind of wish there was a way to, like, give to her more. But I'm still going to look into it. I'm still looking into it and trying to call the numbers I can and reaching out to see what her last name was or how I can contact her because she was bomb. But anyway, so she brought up Queen Nanny. Um, and as you all heard, Queen Annie of the Maroons was a woman who was a Maroon leader in the later 17th um, and early 18th century. And there's a there's a lot of information about her, but there's not. You know, it's mostly folk. I mean, I'm sorry, not folklore. It's mostly oral tradition. I mean, so there's not much written documentation about who Queen Nanny was outside of the colonizers, really, who came into contact with her. Um, and being curious about her and wondering where she was and, and writing about her. I'm pretty sure in my research, I saw that there may be only four written accounts. I think that's what I saw, Joe. I will leave a link to all of my research uh, as well. So yes, Queen Nani, she was a Maroon leader, late 17th, early 18th century. Um, and Maroons were enslaved people who escaped and they formed independent settlements. So she, I read, now I read with Queen Nanny that she was enslaved um, and then was escaped to freedom. But then I also read that she may not have ever been an enslaved person. But either way, she formed an independent settlement along with her brothers who were also um, got to freedom. And so this happened in, in Jamaica. Now, it is said that she is of Ashanti, the Ashanti nation. So that is a nation of people in Ghana. So she is Ashanti, allegedly, then was brought over to Jamaica. And then whether escaped or was never enslaved, we don't know. And uh, but created her own community of people. And Maroons were a bomb. Like, Maroons, they used to raid plantations, raid, um, yeah, plantations, take uh, the weapons from the slave owners and free other slaves and bring them back to where they inhabited. Um, so Nanny was a part of this. Now, I did see that she 
also was more engaged in like local trading. So I know some maroon colonies were very much like, okay, we turn up every day, we're getting slaves free, we're we're doing this, we're raiding. Um, I read that she was a part of that, but she also was very like peaceful in her demeanor in a sense of what she mostly did was like a lot of trading agriculture with people around. Again, when you read different accounts, people say different things. I think we could probably incorporate all of that. She was probably, she was definitely a warrior because I read that she used to carry um, like like uh, blades on her waist and like a belt, uh, which probably have punctured the skin of a, of a couple motherfuckers, okay? So again, a baddie, a warrior, a leader, right? Um, a woman, let's get into it, a woman. So she was a part of the Maroons that were kind of in the windward, um, the windward part of Jamaica. So Maroons, they often preserved, you know, their African heritage. So they still believed and were influenced by, you know, ancestors, because obviously ancestors is a very common idea in many African cultures and and customs and traditions. Um, and so there's still, there's still a reverence for ancestors. There's still a very strong spiritual component in everything that they are doing. Like folks are not disconnected from that Africanness, even in Jamaica at the time. So she practiced Obia. And so for those who don't know, Obia is a system of, uh, healing. It's a spiritual system. It's, it's justice making. It's, it's, um, sorcery. It's sorcery. Uh, the same way that in the U.S. we call sorcery voodoo and hoodoo and 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 magic, that all of that is referred to as obia in the Caribbean. Um, yeah, all of that is obia in the West Indies. It is not just a Jamaican term. I've seen a lot of and heard a lot of people refer to that the uh, sorcery as obia in the Caribbean. So Nanny, being a leader in of the Maroons who had such strong spiritual influences and um, beliefs, the leader must have had to been a, a powerful spiritual warrior as well and warrior in the spirit. Okay. So yeah, she was an Obia woman. So there's a lot of different um, stories about how she used her, 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 her magic, her medicine to, remain free to be successful to win battles and one of the ways was that she could keep a cauldron boiling without being around it she could just have with her powers that could keep a cauldron boiling and sometimes you know slave masters or colonizers or whatever would see that cauldron boiling they would walk over to it it would lure them in and then they would they would meet their demise. <laughs> right. Um, it's also saying as as Auntie Anicia said that she it said that she could catch shots in her butt, like her ass. Like they would shoot, you know, bullets or whatever, air, whatever, and she could catch it in her buttocks and push it back. And kill whoever shot it and kill someone else. Right. So it's giving, I got an ass so big like this. Uh, hope you got a, hey, hey. Hope you got a motherfucking shield better run because Queen Nanny was, was throwing it back. The real, 
the real meaning of <laughs> I'm sorry. I cracked me, yo. Alright, so I say this in all due respect. Queen Annie was throwing it back for real. That's where that come from. The queen. So she could kill people with her buttocks. With the, she could shoot the fire back. So she's bomb, right? And she brought the Maroons to a lot of victories against the British. And she could also use her, her spiritual powers to like psychic, psychologically and psychically weaken any enemies of the Maroons. So the Maroon colony that she was leading, they're bad, okay? They, they, they're, they're doing the thing. They're popping. They're, they're popping. They're adept at fighting. They're adept at agriculture. They are skilled warriors, skilled spiritual practitioners. Like, and Nanny was a profound leader. She's on the 500, I don't know if it would be called dollar bill, but on Jamaican money, she's on the 500 bill. People will say, give me a nanny. So she she's very, 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 very important to Jamaican culture. Um, just truly a strategist. Now, so I think I want to pull from this article um, from blackpast.org. Of course, I'll have it in the show notes um, to, to talk about how popping nanny nanny and the maroons were in nanny town i don't think i said that before but they referred to where they lived at in nanny town mind you this is to set the scene this is in like a mountainous area um in jamaica on the eastern the windward side of jamaica that's the eastern side of jamaica so in nanny town so it says that nanny town placed as it was in the mountains away from european settlements and difficult to assault, thrived. Um, while Nanny lived, Nanny Town and the Windward Maroons thrived and multiplied. The British colonial administration became embarrassed and threatened by the success of the Maroons. Plantation owners who were losing slaves and having equipment and crops burned by Maroons raiders demanded that colonial authorities act. Hunting parties made up of British regular army soldiers, militiamen, and mercenaries Many from the free black community scoured the Jamaican jungles, right? So again, Maroons are posing a huge threat. The British are shook. Okay, they're embarrassed. How are we losing against this lady and her brothers? How are they raiding? They're stealing our crops. They're stealing our, they fucking us up. And then dipping back to the mountains. What? So the British are upset. The British called 911. Okay. So after. You know. All of that's happening around again. No documentation. But around 1773. Um, Captain William Coffey. Also known as Captain Sambo. Is credited to having killed Nanny in 1733 during one of their battles and wars. Now, you know, the story that Auntie Janicia said 
is you know one of the the tales of how it happened you know someone spilling the tea and letting the british know their secret which the secret really was the obia right the secret was we don't know how they're winning how are they doing this i mean yeah they they skilled yeah they have the tools but it was nanny's connection to spirit and her spiritual power that made them so successful and so once this uh, someone from the Maroons was captured. He just started rapping. He started talking. He talked too much. He spilled the tea. And so that, according to that story, it contributed to somehow disarming Nanny and and her people. Um, but it says uh, from here, from what I'm reading, the war itself lasted from 1720 until a truce was declared in 1739 by Cujo. Uh, which is one of Nanny's brothers, he signed a treaty. It was a driving force behind the treaty. Uh, So uh, after Nanny's death, uh, a lot of the Maroons in the Windward area moved across the island um, and just, you know, kind of spread out. So Nanny Town was eventually captured uh, by the British in 1734. So it was believed she was killed around 1733. Once she died, the town was captured by the British. But regardless of that, you know, she is, I mean, her accomplishments have been recognized <laughs> by Jamaica. Like, she's one of body. Um, she's a national hero. We stand. The queen of throwing it back. Like, and I just. It's so. Huh. First of all, what I love, what I love. Is that regardless of wherever we are in the diaspora, whether we are in Jamaica, whether we are on the continent, whether we are, you know, anywhere in the Caribbean, really, whether we are in, on U.S. soil, when we look at, and I talk about this all the time, but when we look at battles, when we look at success, when we look at winning wars, when we look at fighting back against oppression um, and brutality and colonialism, we always see at the root of it, spirit. Like, that's so amazing that the success of a whole, without, regardless of what you believe, we know what we believe here because we spiritual motherfuckers. You know, a whole maroon colony, a group of people in the midst of colonialism, oppression, Slavery had the power and audacity to build their own space. A sovereign. Hey, a sovereign space. And then had the nerve to go back and raid them up and bring other people with them. The root of that being Obia. The root of that being ancestral beliefs, ritual. That shit is so bold. And I know a lot of people often reach out to me. They're like, can you please talk to somebody who practices Obia? Please, 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 please. We want to know more about Obia. What I want to say is, one, y'all know, I'm pretty sure I just said this recently. Obia is, and if it's, it was at least, illegal in Jamaica to practice Obia. It was punishable. Not no light punishment. So that's one. So it's not going to be 
it's not cute to necessarily walk around and say you practice OB and then wanting to be on a whole podcast that is broadcast throughout the world. I do know people that practice Obia. None of them would like to speak on this podcast. <laughs> and they care about me and they're people that I love. Um, and I didn't know, actually. But yeah, I know Jamaican folks, but they don't even talk about it. Like, I don't... I'm not necessarily talking about my work all the time when I'm just with people with my friends. But yeah, like, that I know people that practice Obia. They don't want to be on the show. Now, I'm sure I could find someone. I think I may have found someone who's... Um, I don't know if she practices... Maybe that's not our business, but I do believe that she's a scholar. But, you know, remembering that Obia is not one thing, right? It's not, it's not one thing. It's not a, Obia means that we believe in this and that. It's just kind of a, it's sorcery. It's sorcery as sorcery is, right? Like it's not something that, people pin into I'm not going to say it's not a religion because I you know people say hoodoo is not a religion (laughs) and I would beg to differ but it does have so many different spiritual components to it that I think it's just it's a spiritual system and systems that work together that are very much rooted in you know a lot of African beliefs and rooted in nature the power of nature, the power of spirit, the power of ancestors, it's all of those things. So it can't be pinned down into one thing as if, you know, y'all asked me to have somebody on here who's like a, 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 a Methodist preacher. Like that's a specific thing. But I think that's what I'm saying is that there's a lot of way to, to do Obia. Like there's a lot of ways to do hoodoo. There's a lot of ways to do hoodoo, um, which is why hoodoo and Obia is like distant cousins in my brain. Hoodoo. And Obia is like the Caribbean expression of what hoodoo is in the United States. It's the United States expression of how our ancestors found ways to heal, get free, etc. So all that to say, I do want to have an episode about Obia. And and it's not for me to have, it's not the conversation for me to have exactly. But I hear y'all and I do want to have someone on the show. It's just that. Obia is on the hush hush, which we're not mad at. We're not mad at. Remember to talk to your family. I know it's a, it's a bad word, right? Like it's scary. It's whatever. But if you just kind of listen to those tales, listen to the stories within your family, um, you know, you'll get some, you'll get the tea. I feel like because it's so secretive, the best way to go about it is probably talking to your ancestors and asking for dreams and clarity and putting you in contact with people. But, um, anywho, I just really felt that it was important for me to talk about Queen Nanny and not that I had never, you know, I knew who Queen Nanny was, but I think just being in Jamaica and hearing the stories and then doing my own research after I'm like, yep. And it was just such a good story to hear, you know, on Juneteenth, um, because all freedom stories are, are my story. So I just... I just loved it. So big shout out to all my Jamaicans. Shout out to everyone who made my experience in Jamaica wonderful and lovely. And uh, yeah, shout out to Queen Nanny. Let's, I'm like, how can we all be more like Queen Nanny every day? 
how can we just be the baddest every single day? But yeah, such a powerful, powerful history. Thank you. Shout out to Auntie Juanicia. I'm going to still look for you. Listen, this podcast is so big. Sometimes I'll be naming people and saying stuff and y'all be like, that's my aunt. That's my mother. That's my grandmother. So if y'all know who I'm talking about, she does tours. She did the tour in uh, Montego Bay. I don't know if she lives in Montego Bay. I don't think so. She said she was a country girl, but I don't know. But she works for Amstar. If y'all can help me find her, I would really, really, really appreciate that. All you need is a little juju. Well, my sweethearts, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of A Little Juju Podcast. If you would like to keep up with me, you can find me on Instagram at I-T-S-J-J-U-B-A-E or at A Little Juju Podcast. Spell out just how it sounds. I'm also on Twitter at It's Juju Bay. I don't be on Twitter like that anymore. Um, sometimes. And uh, my website, of course, www.itsjjbae.com. There you can um, send me email, inquiries, media stuff, events, invite me to things. Let me speak at things. Let me teach things. All right, y'all have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you so much. And remember, all you need is a little juju. All you need. A lick of juju. <laughs> Big up yourself. Bop, 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 bop. <laughs> Later. My spirit's surrounded, so I'll never try.